0: Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorce. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Okay, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 32 is uh, where we're going to be working out of. We won't uh, begin reading all of that in the beginning, but we're continuing our conversation today, um, continuing the conversation about the red letters. We're working our way through the book of Luke. We're focusing on... Words that Jesus said. We're talking about things that surrounded the words that He said, and then we're looking for ways to apply that to our life because Jesus is the central figure of all Christianity, right? Would you, uh, if you have a free hand, just grab the hand of the person beside you and let's pray that the Lord's blessing will be upon our Bible teaching and study this morning. Father, we just come to you today. We thank you for the Word of God, we thank you for how it changes and transforms our life. I pray that the anointing that makes the ministry of the Word effective would just flow through me as I share the Word of God today. We give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Today, we're going to be covering three different events of Jesus and His followers, and the ministry of Jesus and His followers. We're going to talk about the cleansing of a leper. We're going to talk about a paralyzed man getting healed, and we're going to talk about the call of Matthew as a disciple of Jesus. So let's begin in verse number 12 and read verses 12 through 16. Here's what the Bible says in the King James Version. Here's what the Word says. It says, And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he charged him to tell no man but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness, and there he prayed. Now, the first thing that I want to point out in this event that took place, which is not a parable, it's an actual life event that Jesus lived out. The first thing that I want to point out is this. The Bible said that Jesus touched the leper. He touched the leper. Somebody say touched. Touched. Jesus touched the leper. Now, leprosy was dangerous medically, defiling religiously, and degrading socially back then. And so Jesus literally went to this man who the Bible said his body was full of leprosy, and he reached out with his hand, And he touched him because, number one, he had power over disease. Number two, even though it was defiling religiously, he was never impressed with religion. Jesus was never impressed with religion. And number three, even though it was degrading socially, Jesus had a reputation, and he carried this rep throughout his life, of going to the least of these. So Jesus reaches out and he touches someone that he's not supposed to touch and he ministers to him. And then the leper, he says, he put forth his hand and touched him and he says, I will be thou clean. The leper cries out, he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, I want to heal you. But his activity of faith reaching out, crying out to God, his activity of faith is what inspired Jesus and enabled Jesus to react to that faith, to literally reach out and touch him and minister to him. Some people say, I don't know why the Lord doesn't move on me. I don't not know why the Lord's not touching me. I don't know why God's not moving for me. Here's my question. Have you asked him to? Have you asked him to? Sometimes people come to me and they complain. You know, I've been in the ministry a long time, a lot of years now, decades now. And, I, and, and people come to me and they'll say, God didn't do for me. God did it for them, but God didn't do it for me. And sometimes I just look at them and say, have you asked him to? And this confused look comes on their face like, I can do that? Sure. The Bible said, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. I mean, that's what the word of God says. The word of God says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, and knock and it shall be open unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh, the door is opened unto him. And so many times we don't receive from the Lord because we just don't ask. So this leper, he hears that Jesus is coming through and he cries out and he says, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus responded to that faith and said, I will be thou clean. And so Jesus tells them, he says, <laughs> don't tell anybody about this. Don't tell anybody about it. But they couldn't, they, they couldn't hold it to themselves. They took off, and the Bible said that there went a fame abroad, and great multitudes came together to hear. And the Bible said that uh, that Jesus healed uh, him of, and Jesus healed them of, of infirmities and whatnot. Now we go uh, to the paralyzed man being healed, and this is a a phenomenal story. There's so much that we can learn from this story. Let's just read through it to to begin here, and then I want to start kind of dissecting this down, and this is probably where we'll spend the majority of the message today. In verse number 17 through 26, the Bible says this, "...and it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, Now, listen to this. Listen to this phrase. This fascinated me. It said, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The Pharisees, the doctors of the law, people coming from every town, Pharisees and doctors of the law, which were coming from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, were sitting listening to Jesus teach, and the power of the Lord was present to heal the Pharisees and the doctors of the law. Now you'll see why that's fascinating here in just a few moments. And behold, men brought into bed a man which was taken with the palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find By what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. I'm going to ask my friends to come and help me here and just start building this wall while we're, while I'm uh, preaching through this part. And the Bible said, and when he saw their faith, he said unto them, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies, who can forgive sins, but God alone? If I was Jesus, I would have said, That miracle you just got, I take it back right now. Because these are the very same people that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And so then they receive from Jesus, they receive miracles, they receive the move of God, God touches them, and then there's a man that comes and let down through the roof and Jesus begins to minister to this man, and we'll dissect that here in just a few moments, but Jesus begins to minister to him and the very Pharisees that received from the Lord are the very ones that found fault with Jesus healing someone else. That's what a pharisaical spirit looks like. That nasty, religious, pharisaical spirit. Now, I want to kind of dissect this and go through this just a little bit. The Bible said, When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But when they... but but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Rise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And immediately he arose up before them, took up what he was laying on, departed into his house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear or reverence, saying, We have seen strange things today. That's perfect. That's perfect. So I want you to get this picture Jesus is sitting around. He's ministering to scribes. He's ministering to Pharisees. He's ministering to doctors of the law from different regions, three different regions from Galilee, from Judea, and Jerusalem. The power of the Lord shows a present to heal them. So you know that Jesus is going to take advantage of that. So Jesus ministers to them and he heals them. And then the Bible says there, And behold, people being brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they tried to get to Jesus, but because of the press that was inside of the house, they couldn't get to Jesus, so they had to go up on top of the roof to let the man down. Now there's a few things that I want to mention to you. Number one, this paralyzed man needed some really good friends. He needed some people that would be with him, that would help him, and that would take him to Jesus. Now, when I talk about a really good friend, I'm talking about a friend that will be, be with you in the good times, in the bad times. I'm talking about people that will stick with you when, you when it comes to obstacles. They carry this man, probably four of them, they carry this man up to the house where Jesus is, and they try to get inside the house. They can't get in the door. They can't get in the windows and so they're walking around the house and all of a sudden they're probably standing and they're looking at this wall and they're thinking, we're going to have to take him up through the roof. What do you do when you tried everything else and you just hit the wall? What do you do? Well, there's a few things that I want to bring out to you. Number one, don't just stare, do something. Do something. There's a whole lot of people when God tries to move for them and they start receiving from the Lord, they run into a wall and the next thing that you know is they're just standing there and for the next 15 years they're just looking at the wall. When you're faced with the wall, don't just stare. Do something. Well, I don't know what to do. Figure it out. My kids... They're all grown up now. But they heard a word a lot when they were growing up. And it got to the point in their life where they hated the word for a while. And now they love it, I know, because they're all leaders and they all use it on those they're leading. The word is this, improvise. They would look at me and they would say, but, 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 I'd say improvise but dad, I don't want excuses. I want results. You say, that sounds harsh. Listen, you can sit there and you can give excuses and you can get caught in that buffet of excuses and never get anything done. Listen, if you run into a wall, don't stare, do something about it. These Four men ran into this wall. They tried to go through the door. They tried to go through the windows. They tried to get the man through Jesus. They were probably bumping bumping into people saying, excuse me, can we get through? And finally, they're just kind of looking at the wall and all of a sudden they just look up and they think, you know what? We're going to have to go up to the roof and when we get up there, we're going to have to rip the roof apart. We're going to, first of all, locate where Jesus is. We're going to have to rip the roof apart and then we're going to have to let this guy down through the roof. So a few things. Don't just stare, do something, figure it out. Now, here's another thing. When you run into a wall, here's something, here's the trap that a lot of people fall into. Well, it's so-and-so's fault. Blaming other people for the wall. Quit blaming people for the wall. Quit blaming other people for the walls in your life. Listen, you can play the blame game until you go to heaven, and as long as you're standing there just blaming, the wall remains. The wall will remain. Quit saying, you know what? This wall looks like my old church clerk. This wall looks like my ex-spouse. Don't be preaching where we're living. Listen. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, this wall, this wall looks like my job who always passes me over for promotion and promotes everyone else around me, but when it comes to me, he never promotes me or she never promotes me, it's... What are you going to do with that wall? What are you going to do with it? You're going to keep blaming others? You're going to quit... Keep making excuses. You know, these four men could have said, you know what, we tried to go through the door. We tried to go through the windows. We tried to ask people to let us pass. Nothing happened. Must not have been God's will for us to get this man to Jesus. Thank God that paralyzed man had the right kind of friends. Thank God he had people around him that knew how to push through. So there's a few things that you can do with wall. First of all, you can just start tearing it down yourself if you want to. Come here, Mark. Oh, God help us. You can just start trying to tear it down. Or here's the better thing. Why don't you get people to help you? Come on, let's take this wall down. Look, I could have taken this down by myself. And look how long it would have taken me. But I've got some buddies here. I've got some friends here. I've got some people that's going to help me take this wall down and I don't have to do it all by myself. And look how much faster this wall is coming down because I've got people that have a mind to work around me who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. And they've got great work ethic. Right, Mark? They've got great work ethic. Look, the wall that was there two minutes ago is not there anymore. Why? Thank you, guys. Why? Because I got some help. Listen, get the right kind of people around you in your life. This, this young man had the right kind of people around him. The paralyzed man had the right kind of people around him. Now, let's continue on. So, the Bible said they go up, they tear the tiles off the roof, they let this guy down in front of Jesus, and here Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden, some dirt and some tiles and stuff, they start falling from the ceiling, and Jesus is looking up, and he's teaching, and all of a sudden, all of those that wouldn't let him in, and all of these, they're looking, and they're thinking, man, they're letting that guy down through the roof. And so, here he is, and he's right in front of Jesus, and what to Jesus too. Jesus looks at him and he says man your sins are forgiven that's what he looked at him he said man your sins are forgiven are, are forgiven you the Pharisees and the scribes and the doctors of the law all of those that had just received ministry from Jesus when the power of the Lord was present to heal them now starts finding fault with Jesus trying to minister to someone who was let down through the roof. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus always responds to faith. And he looks at them and he says, listen, your sins are forgiven you. And then he perceived what they were saying. And he said, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or for you to say take up your bed and walk? You see, the word forgiven is the Greek word somos, which means forgiven and healed. And so Jesus looks at him and says take up your bed and walk. I like the way that they put it in the message translation. Here's what it says. Luke 5:22 through 26. Here's what it said. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said this, "Why all this gossipy whispering?" Message translation. Which is simpler to say? "I forgive your sins" or to say "Get up and start walking?" Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic. He said, get up, take your bedroll, and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did it. He got up, he took his blanket, and he left for home, giving glory to God all the way. And verse number 26 in the message translation says, the people rubbed their eyes and said, incredulous, They also gave glory to God awestruck. They said, we've never seen anything like that. Now, there's one point that I don't want to miss here. His friends let him down through the roof, but they couldn't come down there with him. Your friends can only take you so far. There comes a time in your life when you have to stand before God on your own. There comes a time in your life when you have to make yourself available for God, for God to move on you. I love my wife more than any person in the world. Then, after that, I love Sophia more than anyone else. I mean, my kids. (laughs) And Gracie Kay, who will be here in two months. Hallelujah. So, I, I do. I love them. But when I stand before God, she's not standing with me, Thelma. It's me and God. There are things I talk to God about I can't talk to anyone else about. And let me say this along the way, and it'll set some of you free maybe. The Bible doesn't teach us to confess our faults to one another or our sins to one another. The Bible teaches us to confess our faults to one another. God's Word says we confess our sins to God. We don't confess our sins to one another. We confess our faults why would I confess a sin to somebody who doesn't have the ability to do anything about it? When you confess your sin to God, you're confessing it to someone who could actually do something about it. Now you confess your faults to one another and you pray for one another. The Bible said that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so the miracle was immediate. He picks it up. He goes into his house. Now, let me give you just a little word of advice. This is a little rabbit trail, but I put it down here, and I toyed with the idea of whether I should say it or not, but the Lord gave it to me while I was putting it together, so I think I need to just go ahead and give it to you. A word of advice. Stay away from people who market miracles for personal gain. Like I said, it's a rabbit trail, but I want to go down it because I want to give you some good pastoral advice. Stay away from people who market miracles for personal gain. They're scammers. They're scammers, okay? Hang out with people who give God the glory. We give God the glory. For what he's done in our life we give god the glory for what he's done in our church we give god the glory for what he's done in our family we give god the glory for the right people around us that can help us overcome the insurmountable barriers in our life sometimes we have to go over under around or through but thank god we don't have to do it alone we give god the glory for a church family that can gather around us but listen Stay away from people who say, if you give, give me a $100 offering, God will heal you. That is nonsense. It's scamming. It's scamming. Stay away from that. Stay away from people like that. Now let's go on to the last uh, point that I want to talk to you about here. I don't feel like I need to say any more about that. <laughs> I could get on a soapbox with it. Verses 27 through 32, let's talk about the call of Matthew. After these things he went forth, saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, follow me. Now, Levi was also known as Matthew. He's the one that wrote the book of Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's the one that wrote the book of Matthew. And the Bible said that he left all, rose up, and followed him, and Levi made him a great feast, uh, and Levi made him a great feast, and uh, "...in his own house, and there was a great company of of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against Jesus' disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." Now, I want us to go right back to verse number 27. Two words changed Levi's life forever. Jesus looked at Levi, who was a tax collector, someone that was hated back then, because of the way that they took advantage of other people, they became wealthy by skimming off of what they were charging people for the Roman government. The way the tax collectors, the way Zacchaeus, the way Levi Matthew, the way they made their money is if taxes was, say, for instance, $100, they would tell people that taxes were $250. They would keep the $150 and give the other $100 to the Roman government, and that's how they got paid, and they could charge whatever they wanted to on top of those taxes. And that's how that's why people hated them so much. And so here's Jesus. He's walking up in front of the scribes and in front of the Pharisees and all of the people that was around Jesus. Jesus walks up to a tax collector of all people, a crook, a criminal. And he says, follow me. Pharisees over here, they're like, but 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 wait a minute. You know, I've studied Moses' law all my life. The scribes, they're over here like, you know, I've been interpreting the law for years and years and years and years. And Jesus is going to walk up to somebody like that and say, follow me. Jesus looked at them and he said, I've not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners to Repentance. I found out that some of the most effective people for the kingdom of God are not people that's been in church all of their life. They're people who gave their life to Jesus about a year ago. You know why? Because they can still remember what it feels like to be saved by grace. That's why. That's why. And so Jesus looks at him and he says, follow me. It doesn't take much for God to get his point across if we'll listen. You just have to have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that will understand Levi. Here he is. And Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me. And Levi's looking around and he's like, me, me. Okay, okay. And the Bible said that he left all. And he said, you know what You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring Jesus home. I'm going to bring him to my house. I'm going to do a feast in his honor. And I'm going to invite all of my friends. And so he invited his friends over to his house for dinner. And the scribes and the Pharisees are standing back. And they're looking at the disciples. And they're saying to the disciples, what in the world are y'all doing? You're eating with publicans and sinners. The disciples didn't have to say anything because Jesus perceived what they were saying and Jesus answered them. Jesus said, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Let me tell you something. You can tell a good pastor if he smells like sheep and sometimes sheep don't always smell so well. And you can tell a great evangelist if they smell like the world. We're so busy Saying, well, you know, I'm gonna come to church where everything's gonna be the way that it needs to be in the church. I'm gonna go to church. They're gonna do their three or four songs, they're gonna get up, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. And you know, I'm I'm gonna and you know, if they ask us to sit down and pray or they ask us to kneel and pray or something like that, I'm gonna do my little holy walk. I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna kneel down, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna say, holy, 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 holy. Meanwhile, God's going, uh Why are you letting Southern Pro Wrestling on the property? Because they need Jesus. Right? They need Jesus. Well, that's not the kind of people that we want to attract to our church. Well, you must... What did you just say? (laughs) What would have happened if somebody would have said that about You! What would have happened if somebody would have said, well, they're a drunk. They're not the kind of people that we want to attract to the church. They're a drug addict. They're not the kind of people that we want to attract to the church. Jesus said, it's not those that are whole that need a physician. It's those that are sick. Here's an idea. Let's make up our mind. Don't let the stink stop us. Go into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in. Put your arms around somebody that's where you used to be and love them and care for them and get your self-righteous nose out of the air before you drown on your own press. Oh, that's tough, Pastor. I'd rather preach it to you tough and and, and rocket your mind. Here's the thing. So this. The church should not be this prim and proper social club. It should be a hospital for hurting people. Levi, Jesus says, follow me. Me? Me? Jesus said the same thing to Zacchaeus. He said, come down. Zacchaeus was in the sycamore tree. He said, come down. I'm going to your house for tea. Zacchaeus, little tiny stature guy. You ever seen a sycamore tree? It don't have any bark. Zacchaeus got so excited he burnt the bark off of every sycamore tree on his way down to come to see Jesus. No. Pastor joke, pastor joke. But anyways. Who me? You might be here this morning and you might be watching by live stream and you might have that same thing. Who me? Yes. Yes, you. Yes, you. Well, you know, I didn't grow up in church. So what? I don't know nothing about God. Good. You don't have to unlearn a whole bunch of junk before you actually start reading the Bible and learn what's right. Some of the hardest people in the world to pastor is people that transition to your church after they've been serving God for 30 years and they walk in the door like they know it all and before you know it, they want on a board and they want a title. Nasty religious pharisaical spirit. They walk in, well, I've been in this church and I've been in that church and I've been on this praise team and I've led this Sunday school class and I've done this and I've done that. And and, and they're thinking, they're impressing. What I'm thinking to myself is, so you couldn't make it in all of those different churches and so now you're going to try it here. (laughs) Put down some roots. Bloom where you're planted make up your mind I'm going to serve the Lord in the good times in the bad times I'm going to serve the Lord doesn't take much for God to get his point across Jesus looked at Levi said two words he said follow me he left all that he had and he followed Jesus Jesus has called us to do the same thing he's called us to reach out to those that are hurting he's called us to reach out to those that need God Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and spake unto them, and he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, somebody say ye is me, ye. ye is me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Let's all Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number for jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the word will work if you work the word.